Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy, it's simple, it's fun to use, and like me, I'm not very technical-oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy, if you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. Alright, welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. This episode is going to be a little different, a little special. It's a swap cast that I was invited to do a little roundtable with Randy from the Red Thread Podcast. 
along with Nico from Upstate Unconventional, and I told them I will bring a friend. So I reached out to my good friend in the Sasquatch community and, and good friend in general, Jamie King, and he's back on uh, essentially for the second time on, on, on this podcast as well because I'm releasing it too. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the Red Thread podcast and where you can find podcasts as, as well as Upstate Unconventional. Uh, make sure you give these guys and myself a five-star rating and review, not only on iTunes, but Spotify. And uh, don't forget, you can uh, you can follow me on YouTube as well. I need some su- subscribers over there. I have the listening hours. And uh, even if you don't care to really listen, just go subscribe. Do me a favor. That, that's all I ask. Just hit that subscribe button. Um, that way I can maybe start making a little bit of money at doing this and help the uh the the production scale of uh producing each episode and maybe get some new equipment down the road um having said that go go find kelly fitzjizzle on ig uh hit her up and ask her about about that perfume i have no more um joint pain in my wrist my elbow my back my knees nothing Uh, i have energy this stuff's amazing. My wife has lost over 20 pounds. She wasn't even setting out to do that. But in a woman's mindset, hey, it starts dropping pounds. They start feeling better about themselves. Happy wife, happy life. And uh, I can't I can't thank Kelly enough for, for coming on and introducing me to this product. And, and my friends as well. Um, also, you can if you have anything that you want to talk about on the show, anything at all, uh, email me. Uh, my third iPod at gmail.com uh you can hit me up on instagram at my third eye podcast and uh t.me forward slash my third eye pod on telegram and again like and subscribe to the youtube um tell a friend about it you know about this episode any episode you know get get their heads scratched so uh having said that i will put everybody's information and what have you in the uh show notes as usual and like I said, you know, you, even if you just want to want to give me some feedback, whatever, email you know, mythirdipod at gmail.com. Uh, I appreciate all you guys and all the listeners that do reach out. And I uh, can't wait to hear from more of you. I uh, would love to do uh, something else on different cryptids down the road. I'd also like to do some stuff on some deep underground military bases and, and much more. So... With this, with this show, you guys know nothing's off the table. Um, we'll bring, we'll, I'll bring you on, and we'll sit down and talk about anything. And even if I don't even know about it, uh, you can enlighten me. So, having said that, I will let you uh, sit back and finally uh, stop listening to me speak and, and jump into this episode. So, thank you again for listening. So yeah, welcome to Red Thread Podcast, and, and I appreciate you for coming on this yeah, evening. No and um, so yeah, uh, I spoke with Ghost. Gosh, it was probably a good couple months ago now. You know, said, uh, "Hey, I want to have 
some kind of a Bigfoot discussion, you know, and I, I see that you've had a couple of people that you spoke with and he was cool enough to get a hold of you today and, and have you come on to tell your story. Um, you know, there's a few different types of Bigfoot encounters that you kind of see in, in, you know, in information online anyway. I can't say I've really ever met anybody, but, um, you know, you have the UFO related ones where they kind of like phase into reality. You have the general kind of wild man or, or, or legends thereof, you know, um, but then there's also this kind of tale from, uh, from American Indian uh, elders of a time before the white people came over where they were battling these redheaded giants, right? They don't really seem to specify whether they were covered in hair or not. I think that they would if they knew, but um, I was just kind of found that odd that there is that kind of redheaded giant theme, even currently through very recent kind of legends. So, um, yeah, the so what is, and, and, and then with, you know, star Wars and getting off a little track, but, but with all these other fictions that, that bring to life, this sort of a character, you know, you got to think that there's something to this, you know what I mean? Is it, is it art imitating life or, or is it kind of a big loop where, you know, art imitates life and life imitates art and then keeps going in a big circle. But um, so, yeah, I'm eager to hear about your story and and what had happened to you. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Is Jenny going to join us then? No, she just actually left. So, okay. I mean, she had to go to the store, but All right. yeah, she I'll would be good. a good one, too. Yeah, um, she, gets, she gets in the spiritual side of it a little bit more. Yeah, we're both like our, my my encounter was very physical, but it was also very spiritual. And I think I'm going to like begin to say I didn't really like think of bigfoot at all like until i had my encounter but uh, i mean i've told ghost our story before but i'll I'll tell you um basically it it happened like right after my father had died so my father passed away and i was in this funk and my wife said you need to get out and start doing things that you used to do so i'm a hiker like i hiked all over europe um i hiked all parts of the united states um some of the bigger trails and we went out on this Turkey trail in Pennsylvania and I started, we entered this Turkey trail. And I remember I, I said this prayer. I'm like, dad, if you're here, give me a sign that you're here. Completely forgot about um, that prayer and started walking down the, the Turkey trail. So we hiked all the way down to where this um, it's, it, it's a huge reservoir. So we hiked this Turkey trail past this power line. And then we get down to where um, the water, there's a Creek, that feeds into this um, larger body of water. And as we're standing there, I remember my dog with Beagle. So she's, she's like always doing her Beagle thing out in front of me. But Mm -hmm. she, at this time, she was like right up on me. She wanted me to pick her up. And I really thought like something happened to her. Like she got stung with a bee. I don't know. Something definitely happened to her. So I'm holding her in my arms. And as I'm holding her, I hear this loud, like Jenny and I are standing there and I hear this loud, like this long drawn out vocalization. And we're kind of looking ahead of us. Like there's another ravine that goes uphill. So we're at this um, creek bed. And as I'm standing there and my wife is standing right next to me and I'm still holding my dog, I'm watching a puddle below me ripple in the ground, like ripple right in front of me. So you have the creek bed and then there's like a puddle of water. And in my mind, I'm automatically thinking like this is like jurassic park (laughs) right i've heard other people say that 
you know, um, after the fact, but really we're, we just stood there and we kind of looked at each other and we weren't really saying a whole lot. And our, most of our communication came between our eyes. So we're like communicating. I, I don't really know how, but we were both just standing there kind of stunned. I'm still holding the dog and I'm watching these trees that go on this up uphill um, ravine that goes up. And I watched these trees shaking and literally we both kind of looked at each other and made this silent agreement. We need to get the fuck out. So mm -hmm. we kind of turned and we started like did this quick turn. And as we're hiking out, you could hear what sounded like something on both sides of us. So on both sides of Jenny and I, you could hear this loud, like, Whoa! Whoa! and it was, um, it felt like something was ushering us out of the woods and, you know, we made it back to our vehicle. And I remember not saying, we didn't say anything the whole way out. We didn't say anything on the whole drive home. When we got home, like we both came in the house and we were still not saying anything. And um, I think it was at that point, we started getting on the internet and we started looking for animal vocalizations. Cause I mean, both of us are pretty outdoor people and we've hiked a lot. Like Jenny's hiked in Europe with me and we, we know animal sounds in Pennsylvania cause that's where we're from nothing had matched. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple days went by and our friend said, uh, put in Bigfoot vocalization. So we put in this vocal we put in Bigfoot vocalization. The first entry that came up was this thing called the Ohio howl. So this Ohio howl came up, we played it and we literally, Jenny and I both looked at each other and was like, this is identical to what we heard. So, you know, at that point we were like huge question marks on going in my mind. I don't know that I experienced Bigfoot, but I know that that vocalization that was later I found out was recorded by Matt Moneymaker from Finding Bigfoot. And it was recorded in Wellsville, Ohio, which is about 40 minutes away from where we had our encounter in Pennsylvania. So, you know, in my mind, I kept going over and over again, dissecting that whole day in my mind for days. And then I remember driving in my car. So I'm in my car. And I'm driving to work and this voice comes in my head and it says, if you want to know the answers, go back to the beginning. So it was kind of my dad's voice. So I I'm driving and all of a sudden I had this memory of that day about saying a prayer, dad, if you're here, give me a sign. And I know this sounds crazy and I've told it before on other podcasts and, and told other people, but I always feel like I'm going to tell my truth about how things happened and whether it sounds crazy or not. But I had to pull my car off the side of the road because the very last memory I had with my dad was he had bone cancer and he asked me to take him outside, took him outside because he wanted to listen to the birds and look at the trees. And then he said, take me in the house. And I took him back in the house, popped a movie in the DVD player. He picked it out and he started watching this movie and I'm watching my dad watch this movie. I'm not really paying attention to what the movie was, but the last movie that I watched with my dad was Harry and the Hendersons. So it kind of hit me like really hard. It hit me hard. I love, I, I can never get sick of hearing your story, Jamie. I, I, and, and that coming from a friend to a friend, I mean, that, that dude, I, I don't know. I, it, it captures me every time I can put myself there, you know, being from Pennsylvania and knowing how the wood layout is and, you know, the talks that you and I've had, you know, over, over the past, what, almost two years now, but yeah, yeah it, it's just, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing. I, I'm just glad you made it out of there alive and nothing was <laughs> yeah. chasing you down the turkey trail. And you know what I mean? But, you know, and, 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 and again, uh, you know, I, I know that dog has now went to meet, meet the maker and, 
yeah. no longer with you, but uh, yeah, the the beagle and the hound aspect of it, you know, they, they normally don't cower to anything, and and she just she wanted dad to protect her. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that tells you pretty much all you need to know at that point. <laughs> I mean, just you know how dogs pick up on on everything, and, and your dog seemed to have known spot on what the plan was and it's it's all right let's pack up let's get out of here <laughs> so, we're, being, you know, we're being asked to leave you know <laughs> yeah when the dog when dogs react it's it, you know they can react to the paranormal too but mm-hmm. for me this this encounter like took on this weird um seeker thing inside me so like i was like i have to find answers and i like there's a second part to this so i took my friend who's um like works for fishing game and wildlife back to that area to show him where it had happened and you know everybody knows me takes me very seriously if i say come on out here with me i'm going to show you this i showed him and we hiked all the way down to that ravine and on our way out we started coming out and we hear what sounded like a man talking we heard what sounded like a dog bark and we heard um other noises and i told my wife get the dogs back on the leash because i don't know what's going to come out of the woods i was more concerned about my dogs and nothing had come out. So we walked over to the edge of this ravine and it was on our way out. And I'll never forget this thing stood straight up, straight up. And it went straight away from us. So what I was looking at was from behind. I saw like the head, I saw the shoulders, I saw the waist. I didn't see feet like, you know, Bigfoot, uh, but it was definitely something very large. And it, and uh, Roger and I both at this point decided that we were going to go straight down. So we went straight down into this ravine and on our way down, it's like super thick to get through. So you're going through all these thorny, uh, brushy things. And we got down there and there's this large nest-like structure that something was in. And, you know, Roger, a- after the fact, we both kind of like didn't know exactly what we experienced, but we definitely saw something that walked away from us that was bipedal. I can't 100% say it was Bigfoot, but I can say that I, I know something was living in a st- it was nesting. So something was nesting there. And now my life goal is I don't care if I'm the mm-hmm. old dude and I make it to be like 90 years old, I'm going to be micro researching this entire area of Shenango and Jenny's right on board with me. Like we want to find answers. That's amazing. And I love it when, when something comes out in our lives and, and kind of sparks that, that curiosity engine and it, it just sets that fire that, that, yeah, it's, you're going to, you're going to be doing this the rest of your life. And, and uh, it sparks, it sparks that flame in you. And that's awesome that you, that you had an experience and, and made it out safe and everything else yeah. uh, that could do that for you. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so, so both times that you went down there, you were, you were with uh, your significant other or is it your wife? Yeah, my wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. some people are touchy about, you no, know, they're actually, they're, label, school, but... they're actually high school sweethearts, but uh, he used to pick on her when he was yeah, younger and, Wait, let's just say elementary school sweethearts. Oh, oh there you go. I'm elementary school sweethearts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right on. That's that's even exceedingly rare nowadays. Um, but yeah, so so she was with you both times that you had these encounters. And uh, so so when you were walking out the second time uh, and you were hearing what you said sounded like maybe a dog barking, was it like... Uh, an imitation of a dog barking like were these creatures maybe talking about you out loud you know like this is the guy with the dog from last time remember right. you know kind of <laughs> you know i really like i had no 
idea, no, no inkling that I would even have like an encounter. I just thought we were going to show them the area, be done and out. I had no idea that something more was going to happen like that. That's what makes it even more um, of a, a quest for me. But yeah, it was like a, um, it really sounded like a dog and the, the talking now that I do research and now that I hear I'm in this Bigfoot community and you listen to every theory and you listen to everything. Uh, looking back, that was very, very much like um, chatter. Like they say samurai chatter. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. I don't know if I have it pulled up, uh, so, but okay, I do so have, you do know the Sierra sounds then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know of the the samurai chatter, um, how how they're likening it to like an early kind of Samoan or yeah. something to this effect. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting that that this uh, this chatter lines up, even if it's loosely right, even if it's loosely lining up with something that is not as far as we're told native to this land, right? It's like a Polynesian language or something. That these big feet, you know, for lack of a better term, these giant bipeds that live in the woods, right? I mean, most <laughs> yeah. people would agree to that, you know, at a minimum, so, you know, all titles aside, right? There's a reason that Harry and the Henderson struck a chord with so many of us, myself included, growing up. You know, there's there's something very relevant to the story of these creatures. And, um, you know, I think that I, I don't recall the name of the of the film. Uh, it was the very first one that that pretty much hit big. That one seems to be almost undebunkable. You, you know, mean the Patterson uh, Gimlin, Patterson right, Gimlin. right, oh, correct. Yeah. Just the the gait that this has as it's walking, like even a very large uh, individual uh, of current human standards would have a hard time pulling off this posture, and you know, um, the the distance traveled with each you know each pace so on and so forth has been difficult to to duplicate is is what i guess i'm saying so so you know um i think there's definitely that there's that good thing about about communities like the bigfoot community or conspiracy communities um even within a sub community so you got like your bigfoot folks there will be a lot of different perspectives on this you know a lot of very different unique um points of view and and different situations like your story is not necessarily going to line up perfectly with the next person's story and so on and so forth. So um, in that sense, I guess what I'm trying to say is it kind of does take on kind of a spiritual, well, there's a meaning behind this interaction. You know, everybody that, that I've heard of um, yourself included kind of comes away with this with, with uh, an, understanding of a different energetic kind of vibe that these creatures give off absolutely and i mean i've talked to ghost about this like he said we've been talking for like two years and after that encounter and you know bigfoot the bigfoot experience was very profound and very big but what i started realizing afterwards is the power of thought and the power of the energy that went into like i'm not a religious person I grew up with religion, but I, I've kind of like just, I'm more spiritual, but realizing that that prayer maybe meant something and maybe went somewhere. I started going into the power of thought and the power of prayer and the power of all of our intentions and like looking into the laws of attraction of the universe and the universal laws. And I'll, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to tell other Bigfoot people out there that 
I feel like the energy that I put into research and the energy that they could put into research, if they start studying the laws of nature and laws of the universe, it's going to take you more further and you're going to find more things. And Jenny and I are both people right now that have changed from who we were then to who we are now to we experiment now with the universe. And um, we've met so many cool people and I've met so many people like I met ghost on Instagram and we can talk about this stuff, but you know, like after our encounter, we went to see a psychologist. It's Jenny's cousin to talk about it. And she said, Jamie, there are people that have experiences all over it with different kinds of energies and different things like ghost and paranormal UFOs. And we started this group called the free thinker. So it's this group that meets up and they talk about the different elements of um, mis- things that are mysterious in the universe. And we met this lady who is a, um, she was a preacher and this woman had an alien abduction story. So she started telling us her, her story and she, I have no reason to, d- to not believe her at all. She's a very nice woman. She's a nurse and she's a preacher. So she took us out and she said, let's do this um, thing. It's called C-SETI. So C-SETI is this, um, we're, I'm getting way off topic. <laughs> no, here. but no, you're no, fine. I, I've had an experience, a C5 experience myself. So, okay. so Great. Can, awesome. continue. I I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy hell, this is going here. And he has, I no love it. You two have it. never met you two. It, it had no idea that he had to see all oh, this is great Go yeah on. It's, it's, it, it, so so if if the ce5 experience that i had oh. gave you vibes like meeting or, or running into this bipedal creature um then i i can definitely say that i understand how profound that can be spiritually even yeah. even for something just like lights in the sky I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? So for that, for the universe to grant me the power to make yeah. that happen at that moment. Um, okay. Yeah. It changed the, everything that I thought about from that point on dove into law of attraction, the hermetic principles, so on and so yeah. forth. Found out that all the schools teaching or supposedly teaching anything are just sects there to divide because you need pieces of information from all of them in order for any of it to even make any sense to you but but yeah so so do you feel then that that bigfoot is is akin uh to these energetic we'll call them kind of beings at least the vibrations um as the same like when you interacted with the people up there in the sky um i I personally i think there's a vibratory significance that's very similar there but there is and nico's here it's called hey i don't know who you are but Hello. Yeah, let me introduce hey. Nico real quick. Nico's here from Upstate Unconventional. Welcome, Nico. We were just uh he just told his story about his encounter, and uh we're just kind of hashing out some of the the energetic kind of vibes that Bigfoot and and other situations like CE5 or or that SETI that, that I told you before I had done. So um yeah, and just the significance, the the profundity. Uh, of it all so i'm just gonna say i I, I get super excited about like i get super excited about the human initiated contact whether it be with ghost hunting whether it be with bigfoot whether it be with ce5 contact but that like when this bigfoot encounter happened and i will started studying more into the other stuff and that ce5 contact i can say totally blew my mind and also added to all of the Bigfoot stuff for me. It, it added to it. Like when you play those tones and you're meditating in a field and you're actually trying to make contact 
and you literally do make contact. We have <laughs> lights shine down on us, and then we have those tones. Oh man, just like Babe Ruth just pointed out, right? You can just, you know, over and over again. There's a light, and then there's the light. There's a light, then there's right, right where you're pointing. Yeah. So it's it's got to be a power of manifestation to some degree. Um, I'm, I'm all but sold thoughts. on that. <laughs> I think our thoughts are these. Um, it is quantum physics where you're this quantum energy that you have either with prayer or with thought, or the, with the words that you say out of your mouth, or the words that come out of your heart, it goes somewhere. And that's the unseen part of the quantum physics that's, you know, like, I got super excited about this, because I was like, Oh, my God, I got to study Einstein, I'm studying Tesla. And then mm-hmm. when you start realizing that these powerful minds were very scientific, and most scientific people don't believe in God, they believe in science, pure science. But both of those people said that when you marry the element of spirituality and science, that's where you're going to find the most profound changes in the universe. And that's where things are going to really change. And I think we're entering um, an old, there's a paradigm shift. So you're seeing old, old things pass are falling away and you're going to start seeing really cool things. And I'm going to go off track again. You're going to see people um, healing themselves with vibrational frequency. I, I believe it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. If, if I have just a guest coming the, up. And we're going to do a, do an episode on that. Uh, uh, Kelly, the one that um, I was introduced to with oh, the nice. human, her friend, um, two of her friends actually have a sound healing, um, uh, cl- not necessarily like a class, but a studio where they play uh, crystal bowls. And we're trying to get it coordinated because we, we want to do a podcast on it. And then while we're on the podcast, uh, her friend's going to do some sound frequency healing with, with the crystal bowl, uh, bowls and, and what that's awesome so, dude yeah yeah the, those uh those singing bowls are mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing experience if you're in the right state of mind and and you uh you know clear out a lot of your stuff and and then you get into these singing bowls of different frequencies when you match that one that's just right and and everything kind of just in an instant comes to you it's a little bit overwhelming to be quite honest uh, those singing bowls can be a, a bit much, especially if you're already in kind of a good meditative space. Um, so yeah, the, there's definitely some power to that, to that frequency and to those tones. And, uh, I kind of wonder, uh, about Bigfoot and, and if they have any knowledge of, of these tones and of these frequencies yes. that, that would allow them to, you know, sure phase in and out and things like this, you they know, use um, infrasound. Well, and like giant, giant skeletons that we find have, and I would dare consider big feet, you know, giants, right? Amongst us, they're, they're very large creatures. So, um, and if they have dual sets of teeth, that suggests a different, different frequency of being altogether. I would imagine it's not just a genetic flaw, you know, there's some piezoelectric stuff that happens when you clench your teeth and things like this. So imagine if they had double that and a, and a more massive, you know, cranial structure to support all that all those neurons firing those extra ones that we don't have you know <laughs> but um yeah so hey how's it going nico welcome <laughs> going good man can you guys hear me all right <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah all right cool yeah yeah i'm gonna have to bring my singing bowl out to my uh possible bigfoot spot try that yeah. out Oh man, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and Nico Jamie, too had is, a. This is Nico, who I was telling you about earlier when I was talking with you with about Upstate Unconventional. He, you would love his show. He does. He covers everything from paranormal to Bigfoot to. I mean, he he 
he's got a he's got a spot on right I already like all I like all of you. Yeah. Already. <laughs> right on. <laughs> and and oh, to back it up with the whole CE five thing. Jamie was just telling something about his Bigfoot thing and he goes, I'm gonna jump off tra- uh, topic and he started going into this and I'm sitting here smiling because I'm like, Well, Randy had one of these and he thinks he's <laughs> and he's right he's he's right amongst friends. So yeah, it's great. So but yeah, this is my friend Jamie. Um he he had an encounter. He's from western Pennsylvania and uh if you ever listen, I I had to take the music out, so but it was originally episode two that he uh, he agreed to come. Him and his wife Jay, Jenny came on my show, so but uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, hopefully he'll become a good friend of yours. Sure, I was just yeah. thinking of you. You had the experience with um, your father, and he left the uh, Harry and the Hendersons movie, and correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, Harry and the Hendersons was related to like the right. account. It was the last was- movie that my dad watched. That's amazing. So, it's just, um, I, I know, I know in the Bigfoot community that my story is quite a bit different than most people. And I don't, I, I usually, I have zero Fs given. Like, I really don't <laughs> care what other people think. I really don't. Because like, I'm going to get to the bottom of everything until I die. I'm going to keep questioning the universe and trying to um, find more answers. I'm okay with it. I'm okay being wrong too for sure that and, that takes some doing right <laughs> for sure yeah. to to right be okay with you. not knowing anything because then the more you dig into things man yeah. ultimately the the less i feel like i know i i am often so confused at the end of like a binge of research that i just have to take a few days just to kind of sort through what i've just looked at <laughs> you know and mentally because it's uh man it's everything opens so many doors like this the subject on bigfoot opens wild doors for people um you know yourself included jamie i mean that's that's amazing and you know i i know if i'm not mistaken nico when when you had that experience you had at least some goosebumps or some form of energetic encounter correct oh yeah um the first one again bigfoot was nowhere near my mind i we just thought we had some kind of animal encounter in the woods but uh just the terror you know like walking that just the energy was different in this area. It was like, just get out. Like instinctually. I just, I, do you want me to just tell the story? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah to hear for it. sure. Okay. So me and my wife and my son who was three years old at the time, this was summer of 2020. We have a little like, um, walking area or, uh, like a nature preserve state park right by our house. And we were on one of the far back trails that no one really goes to. And, normal day, nothing weird or anything, but we started walking around. Uh, we kind of came into the, like this off the beaten path and it's all tall grass on one side and a wood line on the other. And we heard something in the woods move and didn't think too much of it. And we started walking out onto this, uh, into this trail. And like I said, it just, the energy got very weird. Uh, My son was like kind of running in front of us instinctually. I just grabbed him, picked him up, was carrying him. And we took a few more steps. My wife was even, she was very off too. No idea what was going on. And then we heard in the woods, something shuffle and then something snorted at us. And it sounded like a pig. It was like, uh, and, and we don't have wild pigs in upstate New York where I am. So it was very weird. Uh, we just stopped turned around, walked out. And as soon as we like got back onto like the main trail, 
it's like uh, the energy just lifted. It was gone. There was no more dread, no more terror. Um, I, at the time I, I knew it wasn't a bear cause I've been around the woods and stuff. And I know bear don't make a snort like that, but just to tell my wife, I was like, yeah, it must, we must've ran into a bear or maybe there was like an angry buck or something in the woods. And then that was it. It was just a weird experience. We never thought anything of it. And then about a year and a half later, I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles and there was an episode, it was episode 504 and I'm just listening and I start hearing uh, this guy talking and he starts talking about this road in upstate New York and I'm listening, I'm listening and I'm like, wait a minute, I drive this road every single day and this road that he had his encounter on is about three miles from this nature preserve that we have. So again, I can't say it was Bigfoot 100%, but it was very weird. And then we've had some interesting interactions there afterwards, kind of with that mind frame that there could be Sasquatch or something there as well. Right on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm planning uh, at some point to go out and and find a, a nicely recommended place and maybe go a little too far out into the woods and, and see what I can come across. Um, you know, a lot of people would be for. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing too. You know, um, I'd imagine that if they, you know, exist uh, anywhere, they, they may exist everywhere. So I'd imagine if I found like a good state park uh, here in Iowa, maybe went on a hike, I might, well, see, I don't want to end up, you know, missing 411 or anything. I, I don't want all of that from the state parks or I think that's the federal parks that are more apt to have something like that happen, I would hope. But um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And so like kind of tying to like, like the spirituality of, a, of an encounter, right. We'll just say that of an encounter, um, you know, whether, whether you speak with somebody and they've had, you know, an up close and personal with Bigfoot or with aliens, or, you know, if somebody's religious, they might call them angels and demons, right? So you kind of have this recurring theme of things we're just not told about growing up, (laughs) you know, that obviously exist out there to some degree. Um, Otherwise, people wouldn't be having these encounters, you know, you wouldn't be able to go and sit in a field and and get your energy right and and pretty much beckon that lights come and visit you in the sky i mean that we were never told growing up for sure i would say yeah yeah Yeah, and it's mind-blowing that it's uh, i mean it's it's kind of like cloud bursting i don't know if you've ever done that where you go out and and pretty much pick a place to put a hole in the clouds and you can do it with your mind it's the strangest thing i i thought people were nuts when they talk about this, but after I had that, that experience with the quote unquote aliens, you know, uh, or sky people, we'll just call them that because they, they didn't never come down in a ship. And, you know, this was lights in the sky and this was a, a very vibratory kind of thing. And so it's, it's just cool that these like otherworldly like entities are, are whether, you know, you want to admit it or not, they are in a sense unifying humanity under some very different colors and different types of banners, but unifying nonetheless, for the most part, right? Um, when you talk about, for the most part, aliens and star seeds and this sort of thing, um, and you talk about Bigfoot, it's generally of a good natured, kind of good vibed, kind of a feeling amongst folks, you know? So, 
So perhaps, uh, I guess in a strange sense, maybe the star people are uniting us and Bigfoot is a tool to that end. Just putting it out there, <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems to have a yeah. profound effect on folks. I mean, I feel like my encounter too, it just really took me on a different path. And I think like what you've just said, like in all of you, you've all probably had paranormal um, after, after your encounter, Nico, with Bigfoot, did you feel like you wanted to tell people, like you felt like I have to tell people that I had this encounter or was it more like you wanted to bury it? So with the first one, yeah. we weren't really sure. I mean, me and my wife told everyone and we were just like, we had something snored at us up there. So it just yeah. don't go into those back trails because we don't know what's there. But then the, the most recent one we had, this one was, uh, I feel very spiritual. Um, I feel like... Uh, kind of like Randy said that they're here to connect, but I feel like the Sasquatch are very tied to like the earth, the earth itself oh, yeah. and like grounding into your earth root or chakra yeah. and things yeah. earth star chakra, things like that. And um, the reason I say that is because <clears throat> me and my wife went out, this was probably late November, early December. I don't remember the exact date, but it was a nice day. wasn't too cold. So we just decided to go walk on that trail. And uh, I went on the trail I brought two uh, crystals with me. They're called shaman stones. They're also yep. called Moki marbles. There's a bunch of different names for them, but they're really supposed to help you ground. And I brought those with me and we went out, we got to the back trails again. And I just kind of stopped, centered myself and kind of set the intention and, and just said in my head, like, if there's something out there, give us a sign. That's exactly you know I mean? right. And uh, so I said that, you know, and then we walked right around the corner and we're in the middle and like this back trail that no one goes on. And this is a, it's like an educational school they have there too, like an environmental educational school. So these trails are pristine. There is no garbage. There is nothing. And right after I said, give me that sign, we walked around the corner and there was a, like a gas station Slurpee just sitting in the middle of the, <laughs> um, right in the middle of the trail. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking that as the sign. And I just, I picked it up. I was like, I'll throw it away when we get out. And, you know, we walked around, everything was good. And we got to the end of the trail where there's like a fenced off area and a little bit of a backstory too. this trail connects to this set of woods that is all posted off. And it connects to where that guy had his encounter in that episode of Sasquatch Chronicles. It's a very odd area. Um, everything is posted. There is a road there that was supposed to be part of a roundabout, but they never built through it. So I wonder if, and me and Randy kind of talked about that, if there's some type of ruins or like, I call it like the Sasquatch territory. Like maybe there's some kind of ancient treaty that we don't know about that they can't oh, definitely, go in. Yeah. But um, why, not? why not? Exactly. exactly. It, it's so weird because there's literally a main road and all these roundabouts and to cut through to this like shopping area. I mean, it'd be a direct thing and it's all just, it's very it's bizarre. Off limits, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. all off limits. And I tell so people we, to studies, if like know your area, but study indigenous tribes and study where they had paths and trails. And, you know, like I've, I truly believe this. I believe that Bigfoot, there's a name for it everywhere. The Allegheny National Forest in Pennsylvania is named after these things called the Allegui, which were these giants that lived amongst the Indians. So the Allegheny National Forest got their name after Bigfoot, basically. But 
I then started studying like all of the trail systems that the Indians would use. And I, I started believing, and I, I truly believe this, that when you say the name of the native tribe name, like in Pennsylvania, Masingwa, Masingwa, you start having weird things happen. But I believe that their ceremonies became part of the DNA of the land. So these ceremonial beliefs became part of the DNA of the land. And I feel like they're, that's also a part of it. Well, that that's kind of what uh, sure. Tom Seawood touches on. Um, he's part of the Kwakwakiwak uh, tribe up in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, and you know th- their name for Sasquatch is Chunakwa, and it's very heavily influenced in in his native tribe. I mean, all the way down to their their what we would call totem poles, and you know just everything. So I'm and and that go and that's just his tribe. You, you look into many tribes through throughout even North America here in, in the United States, there, there was rumors of war. There was rumors of they sat down and gave thanks with each other and blessing and, and talked and communicated and, you know, had these, these unspoken or maybe, maybe not unspoken, but unwritten um, treaties among, amongst each other that, um, you know, you can do this or you can go so far into here but over here might be a little bit off limited, but if you do venture kind of close to that, we might throw you a bone and help you out in your hunt. That way you don't disturb, you know, our sacred land. And to me, it's all, it's all fascinating, especially when it comes from, from the native um, background of, of Sasquatch. For sure. And we have a ton of uh, native American culture around here, the Iroquois tribe, couple couple other ones i'll have to look into see the specific for this area but um yeah it was just what, interesting what part of new york are you from i'm uh right outside of albany albany okay yeah so upstate uh i'm from the uh hudson valley area so i've grown up right. here but um so we get to the end of this trail and it's all fenced off and everything and we're just standing there and it's not windy at all. And we see a few trees kind of swaying behind this fence, probably about a hundred yards out. And, uh, me and my wife are just standing there and I just got that feeling that something was watching us. Right. So I just waved, I waved. And then all of a sudden we heard this sounded like a really bad attempt of, uh, something imitating a crow. And it did like two, squaws it was like ah ah and we were like okay that was a little weird you know what i mean and then uh so we stayed there for like two minutes we started walking away and i just waved goodbye i said bye and as we walked away and got back onto the trail we heard it again it was like two more of that same exact call and my wife was like all right (laughs) that's not a coincidence something is there and uh yeah, I mean, and we just had a nice walk, you know, that was it. I threw that thing away afterwards, but that was, uh, it was definitely a confirmation for me that there's something out there again, whether they're actually physical being like physical creatures, or if they're more interdimensional spiritual things, I, I couldn't tell you, we haven't seen anything yet, but there was definitely a feel and a, and an energy shift when, wait, have, I'll, I'll tell you this too, like, because I, I, I'm a seeker and I'm not afraid to Uh, experiment in different ways i was in the allegheny national forest and i told ghost this before i had this recorder that's called a panasonic dr60 
they use them in paranormal investigations. This recorder sold for like $18. It now sells for over 3000. I have a few friends that own them. So I decided to take this recorder with me to the Allegheny national forest where we've had experiences in the Alleghenies. And I'm, we're on, we're in this area where we've had like vocalizations, we've heard things. So at night we were camping and I decided to pull my recorder out and I had this recorder and I went to this, um, huge drop-off so the alleghenies have it's like we're on a logging road so they they've logged part of the like clear-cutted part of the alleghenies we're there and i pulled this recorder out and i started asking questions like a ghost hunter because you know what i don't care i don't care i'm gonna do it and i started asking these questions i'm with all these other people that are like bfro so they have all these rules about like how you bigfoot and how you do research and i'm gonna break every one of them because i just want to I want to experiment. So I pulled out the recorder and I started saying, can you tell me the name of this forest on on the recorder? I didn't hear it with my ear. But when I played it back on the recorder, it said Allegheny. And then I said, can you tell me what I'm looking for? And I'm telling you 100%. I have the recording. I'm not lying. I know how I research. And it said Bigfoot. And then I said, I, I made this vocalization. I said, I'm going to do this vocalization. I want you to repeat it after me. And I went, Oh, on the recorder, that same, almost similar sound came across. It was so cool. And, you know, like I'm now I realize that paranormal and Bigfoot sort of like coexist and can go together or it's that unseen. There's an unseen element to it all. And what, what I hate about it is the moment you get on topics like this, you get all those people that believe in, in Bigfoot and Sasquatch and like, oh, the woo. Oh, that you, you can't go down that path. That, that doesn't <laughs> no. exist. It's like, how the fuck doesn't it exist? I mean, right. A, you, you believe in this, this creature. H- how can it not coincide with a spiritual or other dimension or other reality, whatever you want to call it? Like, in order to believe in Bigfoot, you have to believe in woo to begin with. I mean, right. In order to not just dismiss it completely, you know, yeah, you you do have to be on a a certain way, but that's just that, that division tactic though, as well, you know, that is kind of in every movement or in every understanding or school of thought, there's, there's people that just so discord, you know, amongst people and um, how better to keep us all, you know, only talking to our very small group than to make us all upset with each other for something very insignificant, like the, time of day that this encounter happened, you know, something as trivial as that, let's just say. Um, I, I think that, you know, that that woo kind of counter to everything, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm seeing it run its course because it, it seems like more and more people are are uh, awake to to the even even the thought of spirituality, right? Even the thought of something else that is essentially here always, when you know, you see we people- just can't see it. When you see people like Ron Moorhead, who, who recorded the Sierra Sounds, come forward and write his book, and he's starting to now talk about the woo element. And a lot of the researchers that I work with in Pennsylvania, like Brian Seach, who has one of the largest cryptozoological libraries, UFO libraries in all of, probably all of the United States, they, you know, they're so open to it now. Like, people are more open to it. And the really cool part of it is, I tell people this and I'm telling you guys, I'm okay being wrong. If I'm wrong, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not here to impress anyone, but I really like, I have, I'm very passionate about helping people research and helping people open their minds to the fact that 
it doesn't matter how you research. If you're getting results, that's the coolest thing. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's why we're, 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 that's why people, a listen to podcasts, B people like, like yourself, Jamie, go out and, you know, micro research and, and, and observe the slightest little change in, in an area or C go out and explore in a bigger area because at the end of the day, they want to learn. You know what I mean? Because nobody knows everything and I'm okay with being wrong. That's why I have guests on my show to, to help enlighten me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to learn. And, you know, I, I had, I, I can't say for a fact it was, you know, a Sasquatch encounter or, or what have you, but, you know, I've told Nico and I, I, I told you, Jamie, pretty much right after it happened, you know, when, when I came across the rock, Karen and my, my dog kind of freaked out and, you know, we, we just got this weird sense. And next thing you know, this huge buck gets flushed out of the brush, like, like rolling thunder through the woods. Mm-hmm. And I hand on my hip, oh, just about ready to draw my sidearm and everything all of a sudden just boom. Okay. We're all right. And then this last fall went foraging for some mushrooms up near the same place. And I've, I've been in the woods since I was grown or since I was little and now grown. Um, I, I walk back this trail, you know, we hike back there all the time, walk back there, you know, I'm go- I take a cut off and what have you and walking down, walking down. And all of a sudden I just get this weird feeling of get the fuck out. And I've never had that before, e- even hunting, even hiking, even, you know, going way out to go fishing, maybe to, to a secret spot, you know, that not many people go and, and what have you. And, and I tried not to freak out. And I was just like, okay, I was like, let's just back up. We're going to turn around self, you and I, we're going to walk back to the car in a calm, steadily fashion without trying to show any type of fear or, or, or anything. And, but the whole time head on a swivel, you know what I mean? I can't say it was a Sasquatch, but something came across me that said, get the fuck out of there right now. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. I mean, again, if you've had other paranormal experiences too, like the first one I had in the woods, it was very similar to like a almost sleep paralysis level of like fear where it was like, I just, you knew instinctually, my wife knew my son would typically try to run away from me and stuff and like want to chase around. He just let me pick him up. It was like, we all knew, like, we just got to get out of here. And then, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy, but Randy, I want to kind of an unspoken. It's an unspoken. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, it was, it, just for Randy, you were saying how there's like this divide. I'm, I'm rereading all the Lord of the Rings books and there is a, uh, a line, I think Legolas said where it's like the enemy is, this is what they do. They have us fight amongst each other. He's talking about the fight between the dwarves and the elves. And it's like, we're all against this common enemy, but they always try to keep <laughs> oh, us yeah. divided. And- yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and think about all of the, the different types of creatures uh, in, in that quote unquote mythology or that mythos. Mm-hmm. Right. And supposedly, you know, it's based on several mythologies from different places all around the world. And it's kind of a combination of all of these into an epic tale. Right. Well, um, actually, if he was here today, he J.R. Tolkien would tell you that was he, he wrote that book based on fact. 
Right. Exactly. Yes. He, he always attested to that and, and approached it and not in an Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey kind of way, Mm-mm. like a very serious uh, matter of fact kind of way of explaining that this is just how the world was. And, and so, you know, let's say that the world was like that. And now we have, we're in an aftertime, you know, we see evidence of mass destruction all around the world, whether it's just us warring with each other or other things, there's destruction everywhere. So why wouldn't these things come to an agreement with the government, right? Because they obviously are of a transcendent nature energetically. So they would be smart enough to say, hey, listen, you guys go run around and do your little small people things. Give us our space over here and over here. Um, you know, personally, I think that these these uh, these woods that are un- that are not developed, like just in the middle of a sprawling cityscape, you'll have this massive woods that's just not developed, and it usually will connect with other woods, state parks, you know, federal parks, things like this. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is where like encounters of so many types happen that it just leaves me wondering: all right, what's what's just underneath the sand here? What's just underneath these trees? Um, whether it's on small rolling hills here in Iowa, or, you know, you go back East and and you have some sheer cliffs and things like this, or even in uh, like Wyoming, for example, sheer, just basalt cliffs, a lot of things that are kind of weird happen up there. A lot of which having to do with Bigfoot as a matter of fact. And so, yeah, I just wonder about the like energetic properties of these areas, these undeveloped areas that in most cases are just right down the street from like where we live. You know what I mean? So if we see bobcats and things coming down to interact with people in a very real way, then, you know, what what is so, so taboo about the possibility of there being a different humanoid living amongst us? Like, you know, what is it about that 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 just makes people scream? No, no, that can't be, you like know, don't believe in a little little green man in a flying saucer. Right. But we'll have no concept of, of what may very well just be here. Right. Living alongside of us. You know what I mean? Um, That's why I tend to believe more into the the woo aspect of it. Like you were saying, there's the BFRO literalists that believe it's just an unidentified primate out there. But I mean, me personally, I think if that, if that's all it was, we would know about that already. Mm-hmm. Like they we would should, let that in. Yeah. Right. And they would let that information out because it would prove, help prove, you know, their theories of evolution or other things like that. And the fact that it's not out. And I do believe our government is well aware of Bigfoot. You know what I mean? I'm sure they have the information, but it is probably much more of an energetic interdimensional nature. And that's why they're not putting it out there. Cause I believe if it was just simply a different branch of human that managed to survive, it'd be all over the place. You know what I mean? They would run with that and prove God is not real and all this other stuff with that. That's my personal take on it, but it well, has I mean, to ult- be. Ultimately what you just said, and you, you both have used, all of you have used the word energetically. So all of this energetic knowledge that we contain in our own being, I think the government fears that they fear mm. that. For sure. Yeah, def- definitely. That's, that's why the, the fear porn game, right. Um, why you know in every single food you buy off the shelf there's going to be titanium and silicates and all this stuff to just completely cross homogenate your your energy right as a person um you know i i notice a, a major difference when i cut out the the additives in, in my diet and i also notice when i 
give in and eat garbage for a day or two, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then suddenly like this closes this, this area up here above us, you know, it, yeah. it kind of shuts down. It becomes harder to access and uh, it's harder to put your antennas out when you're all full of toxins and things. Right. Right. And that's interesting. You brought that up because I never connected these two dots, Randy, but when it, it had to be the end of November when we had that, that last encounter. And uh, that's when I was on my distilled water cleanse and I had been doing just drinking only distilled water and natural mineral water from Saratoga spring. I'd been on that for about three months. So, I mean, again, oh, it makes I, a massive difference. And it was I like, recommend that to anybody. I've since gotten a zero water filter that helps, but yeah. I'm noticing it's not the same. Um, I'm there's something my... in the molecular structure of distilled steam, distilled water, yep. you know, that, it, that resets it and, and it allows you, and this may sound crazy, but I was for a while there either praying over my jugs of water or kind of imbuing smiles into them. And for me, whether it's all in my head or whether it's, no, it's a, a legit thing, it, it definitely changed my vibration and yeah. then made me more in tune with the things outside of myself, the, the crazy aspects that a regular Joe like me wouldn't lean too hard into or look too hard into for, I don't know, in the past for fear of awakening something else I couldn't explain. I think that fear of not knowing had gotten the better of me for a very long time. You know, I just was like, well, so we're in this like prison sphere planet, right? With all this madness going on. How, how can I look into it to find anything hopeful? And then like Tartaria kind of comes along uh, out of, uh, you know, it all starts with chemtrails and, and hearing about things, always hearing about Bigfoot, always growing up, you know, whether, whether it's in a Slim Jim commercial or, you know what I mean? Uh, Jack's links commercial, you're seeing this, this imagery of Bigfoot so much. And, you know, looking at other fictions and stories we're told and seeing these imagery, these images pounded into the psyche again and again, right? In like a predictive programming kind of way to get you to look at it and go, nope, that's just something on TV. And like Harry and the Hendersons kind of fits right into this, right? Why would there be a sitcom about a friendly giant of the wood? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Who was peacefully coexisting if they didn't want you to think that's crazy, you know, that's why all of this stuff is on TV. That's why jaws came out in the sixties right. to, is it the to make people afraid. Right. Is it the opposite that they're trying to get us like accustomed to it slowly over time before they reveal it? Because like, even think about like Chewbacca, Han Solo and Chewbacca or friend and friend. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like this constant, there's a hairy humanoid creature that is like human and, 
I don't know. I mean, I tend to believe it is more to make it sound crazy, but at the same time, it is also familiarized. Like my five-year-old, he looks at something and he's like, Oh, it's Bigfoot. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, that's my influence too, but I have an interesting mm -hmm. story before I had ever talked about Bigfoot. We were, um, he was two years old at the time and we were shopping around Christmas time. And uh, you know, those like uh, the Bigfoot, statues that you see everywhere that's like the standard thing yeah. yeah well we were at this like little it was like a cool little shop and they had a bunch of weird little things like that and they had bigfoot christmas ornaments on the tree and my son was two years old at the time and we walked by and he looked at it and he went oh it's a gorilla angel and i was like <laughs> wow okay and it was just like the fact that he said a gorilla angel though it was just like such a weird combination of words for like i didn't even know he knew the word angel honestly or gorilla right. but it was just very <laughs> that's interesting amazing that he, you know that combination people, yeah and, and there's you know a lot of people would write that sort of thing off uh, it's just a mm -hmm. kids say the dandest things you know what i mean like uh, that sort of mentality but that no takes me i, I to find that encounter in what was it north or south carolina where the little boy disappeared for like five days and yes and then they found him and and he's like oh yeah it was bears you know uh, it wasn't bears you know, but that's the only thing his mind could could relate. You know right. what I mean? You know, a, a wild bear ain't going to take you in, but something that that acts a lot like humans do in nurturing and, and caring. Yeah, on their best days. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, such as a Sasquatch would For do sure. that with a kid. Because, I mean, if you if you go back and listen to any of Wes Germer's stuff, um, that was the first podcast I ever got hooked on or even started listening to still do to this day the man has a, a great show um but you'll hear encounters of people when they were children being almost being trying to be lured you know c come with us you know play with us or whatever or or even to the fact that um uh i forget what i was going to say because nico you touched on it and i was going to be like well yeah you hear it on sa sa when they encroach on um uh you know like developments and stuff you know you hear it. I forget what episode it was, but a lady, you know, she basically lived in a development and she had Sasquatch, you know, they kind of built like a blind where they could just sit there and watch her. And it, it it's not like she lived in a hugely wooded area. Yeah, it was some woods, but if you zoom back out of it from a top view, it's it's like a normal you know, development, okay, built around woods, like you were saying, Nico, where, okay, this road can't go through here, but, you know, we can go around it, this and that, and they come in and they observe us and they watch us. And, and I, I think they're just as fascinated about us as we are them because they see us driving cars. They see us doing this, they, you know, all, all this other stuff yet. I, I don't know, maybe are, are they jealous that they didn't evolve like that or or are they actually more advanced and they're just sitting there laughing at us like look look where they're stuck at you know what i mean yeah they're the ones them. calling us stupid monkeys yeah. playing with technology and stuff exactly. it's like don't look, they know they, they, they can don't just even do have all hair this? on their bodies anymore you know like <laughs> come on they're they're bald right yeah i wonder I, if that's not all due to our technology and things also you know the the uh the balding uh, balding white men kind of syndrome, right? Most white men are around electronics all day, every day. It's no wonder you're going bald by the time you're 20. <laughs> but... And think about it too. I think I've talked to 
both of you ghost and randy about this but it's like if it's they they say we evolved from a sasquatch but if you really think about it the sasquatch is way more uh capable of living off the earth and it doesn't need clothes it, it, it doesn't need the ma- modes of transportation we have they can move on all fours if they need to they can have that like animalistic thing to survive it's a survival thing where if you throw us out in the cold right now it, we'll, we're dead you know what i mean <laughs> so it's almost like are, are we the evolved ones or are they more evolved or are they more better adapted to these things yeah, it's it, That's a good man. It's such a such a wild subject, and, and you know, I, I would dare say that it kind of ties into things that we see when we look at, you know, the stuff like Gary Wayne's into and the Genesis Six uh, conspiracy, right? Um, you know, even even in books like the Bible, I mean, you have it in Vedic texts, you have it all around the world. There's always these stories of these larger peoples, and you know, there are some etchings out there. I was trying to find them uh, tonight, but I couldn't. Uh, couldn't find them for whatever reason. Um, but there are etchings from the just as recently as the 1600s with like not only images of giants, but also images of these giant hairy men, uh, some of them dressed like monks. So, you know, whether they were really dressing like monks or whether they're trying to show us through that imagery that these were of a peaceful race, you know, um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's interesting that there are etchings like this out there. And right around the same time period, you have a lot of etchings from places all around the world, and they were all built out with monumental shrines, you know, to different, I don't know, deities, things like this, winged griffins. And this was the time period or the the earth, or even if you want to look at it like Middle Earth, right, that we're just not a part of right now, that, that was home to more than just us as humanity as we know it. But personally, I think we're a fragment of a once greater civilization rather than growing into, you know, something, I think we do have our own path of evolution and, and it's probably going to go the route of technocratic. That's just what the massive money machine is driving. So right. that's human evolution. So that's where we go. Right. So how does that explain, you know, uh, the thought process of like, Oh, um, big feet are just humans from the future. No, they're, they're transcendent beings from right here, right now that are still kind of guiding us. And I think that that, that phrasing uh, a gorilla angel is so spot on to kind of reflect the nature that, that you see attributed to these creatures, you know, time and time again. So um, yeah, it's just, just mind blowing stuff. I really wish I could have found those etchings because they're so interesting. The detail that these, and, and they always have a relatively human face, right? It might look a little more rugged right but i think that would make sense <laughs> if you know i'm out and living in the woods i'd want a more rugged kind of a kind of a thing going on there but um so uh, i was also looking into um i was like well i wonder if they've ever gotten any hair samples from these things right so i start looking into it and i was uh i was showing ghost a little bit earlier and uh hold on a second here we go. So, and I mean, it's just one after another, after another, I mean, Northern Colorado, uh, central Colorado, you know, everywhere, Northwest Colorado, a lot of these are in Colorado, I think probably because there's so many more people heading out there and living there now. Um, but it's just, uh, again, in Colorado, I mean, all over the place and, and obviously the Rocky mountains all there, uh, along the West coast, 
East Coast, like you guys are saying, Pennsylvania. So, I mean, these things are everywhere and there's evidence uh, of their fur. They're really long, often reddish fur, like four or five inches long. Um, so, and, you know, we also have these stories of these redheaded giants that the Indians were fighting off prior to, you know, white folks coming out here and kind of taking over and everything. Right. So, um, yeah, with, with the way that, that the wooded areas and the protected areas are like situated, kind of sprinkled around everywhere and, uh, you know, kind of somewhat interconnected, I would not be surprised that there's, you know, an indigenous population that we're just not allowed to see or know of. Maybe when people go out to these uh, national parks and they get too far in, who knows, maybe they get plucked and they get, you know, brainwashed and they get put into society somewhere else. But we sure do know that a lot of people disappear. Yeah. every every year from these very rugged locations um i don't personally like to attribute their disappearance to big feet but uh you know maybe it has something to do with the uh, witnessing what's really going on in these areas so nico uh before you uh before you depart uh let people know where where they can get a hold of you and your podcast and thank you again for for coming um randy put this together uh, what probably a month ago we were, oh yeah we were talking about it but uh yeah and you know it's a blast always love talking with you man and uh i appreciate you nico yeah. thanks for no, stopping thank in man for... and sharing your story and everything that's awesome yeah no and I, I, I wish i could stay longer it's just this time is a little rough with the kids and homework oh. and dinner and <laughs> it's everything, all good so. i oh, feel you good. man but, <laughs> but uh, thank you for including me on this um my show is Upstate Unconventional. It's on all the major platforms and you can find me on Instagram at Upstate underscore unconventional. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. And the thing with the hair real quick, it's like they always come back contaminated. It's like it's oh, human contamination. And you one has to wonder, are they human? Maybe they're part <laughs> human. And that's why all these hair samples come back with human DNA in it, you know, so spot on. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate so, you, Nico, once again for, for stopping in. And uh, yeah, man, we'll be seeing you soon. Rock and roll, guys. And uh, Jamie, it was very nice to meet you, too. Nice to meet you. We'll talk soon, guys. All right, Nico. See you, All brother. Right, bye. Yeah, so that's that's my thought exactly With on the hair. On the hair though, Nico yeah. made a good point. Um, it comes back human contaminated. Always, um, it, it seems, it, right? But some of, uh, I forget the... Uh, Jamie, you probably know the, oh, she was uh, a, a forensic doctor that put a lot of work. Oh, on it's um, Dr. Melba Ketchum. Yes. And a lot of her, her work came back. Yes, it did have human um, DNA in it from the mother's side. So, hmm. and then when she brought her work out, she got shunned. I mean, she, she was like the person that they used to call in, in murder trials as a DNA forensic, you know, doctor. Right. Right. And now wow. she, she basically, she shunned from, from her own job and, and everything else because she did this and, and sent everything out to an independent, you know, labs, you know, a couple different ones across, you know, the United States or what have you. And now it's like, yeah, because she went outside of her her quote unquote channels or yeah. or wherever you know the the uh, don't don't challenge uh, that ladder it? that ladder of authority right yeah pure yeah. evaluation yeah pure right evaluation. she actually like what I what I read about her was that she sent um 
all the genomes outside of the United States to Oxford University and Oxford University, she didn't tell them what she was looking for or what she wanted it to, like what this could be. She just let them bring their results to her. I believe the results came back that the female genome was um, unknown. I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Either one of the male, the male or the female was unknown. But like he said that she was pretty shunned. So you can, you can go in this Bigfoot world from being like super respected to like super, you're nobody, like mm-hmm. nobody. It's, well, it's crazy. It's kind of the same Bob thing. Gilman, Gilman was, was shunned and now people or I'm sorry, Gimlin. Gimlin. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you know, people are, are, are starting to realize, Hey, he's not full of shit and he doesn't have anything to hide. You know what I mean? No. And he's very sincere he like i I mean just meeting him personally i would say that bob gimlin is one of the most sincere people and you know um he is more into horses than he is bigfoot like he's more known where he lives for horse training and you know bigfoot was sort of like this thing that just happened to him because he really was invited by roger patterson to bring the horses into that area so he was sort of like a bystander to this whole thing that actually is now the living legend who has to go in front of people and talk about it and be scrutinized. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a high and a low in that man's life, but Mm -hmm. he's very, very nice. Yeah. You you've met him. And, uh, (laughs) I, I I love the story that he, that you, you've told me, you know, when he met you and you and Jenny and, you know, he's a gentleman's gentleman, but, a a a big old time flirter, but you know, back in the day, he's a good guy and you get that, you know, even when you see him on interviews, you know, he's, he's, he's up in his age. I don't know if, you know, I, I'm only gonna, I'm only 44. I don't know if I want to take <laughs> a, a shot to the jaw from him. You know what I mean? He's an old no. cowboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He he's, he, he's working oh, yeah. his whole life. Takes some doing to, yeah. to train horses. Horses are not, you know, I think growing up, I had this illusion of what a horse looked like, how big they really are. <laughs> but, um, you know, coming out here to Iowa and, and finding out firsthand just how massive these creatures are. And, um, you know, there's a lot of the stories with ones. there are a lot of stories with with Bigfoot encounters, um, sometimes on on horseback. And the first thing that happens is the horse gets spooked. And then something winds up chasing them out of the woods you know, very loudly, usually. But um for those animals to to get spooked, there's always a very valid reason, whether you know be a snake or or something massive like a bipedal creature out in the forest. I, I've been on a horse when it was spooked by a skunk, and I'll tell you what, it, that is not a fun time because that would be horrible. <laughs> it, it, it was it was I was visiting my cousin um, and uh, well my aunt and uncle in Wyoming. And I was on the horse, he was on the four wheeler and there was this big moose just laying down in in the Creek. So we, we went to ride down. Right. And I'm on the horse and I'm just trotting, you know, kind of behind and my cousin dog, he, he, he's like, Oh, Oh shit. You know, there's a skunk. And I'm like, I I couldn't hear him because of the four wheeler and I'm riding up. And all of a sudden the horse sees the skunk. I didn't see the skunk, (laughs) man, this horse rears up. And I'm like holding on for dear life and it's turn around trying to run back. I was just like, whoa, you know, so I can only imagine if it came across something, you know, much more dangerous than a skunk. You know what I mean? Like, okay, worst case scenario, you're going to smell like shit for, for 
a couple weeks. You know what I mean? It's not. I've, been, you know, I've had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's not like uh, you know a mountain lion where you know it it could possibly take the horse's life, but you know it spooked it, and I was just that that's a that's a very uncontrollable feeling at that time because you think you're in control you know you're, you're you got the reins you're riding along you're you know guiding the horse where it wants to go and neck no you're <laughs> up in the air you're looking straight up it's coming down it's trying to go whatever <laughs> fucking way it wants to go and you're just you know and and as a teenager i was just like oh my god i'm gonna die you know what i mean like just hold on just hold on Man, that's if I thought it was bad at riding dirt bikes, I can only imagine going horseback riding. Haven't had the the pleasure to do that just yet. Hopefully, I'll get that that uh, knocked off the bucket list sometime soon. That and I do uh, would love to to have an encounter with with the skunk ape or the sasquatch. And personally, I'm I'm kind of curious about the uh, the aromas that I've heard so much about. You know, what exactly is the sasquatch aroma? I wouldn't mind knowing. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty cool thing. But from what I understand, you got to go out into it to to have encounters like that where you're engulfed in their aroma and you probably shouldn't be in that area to begin with i would imagine i've never personally smelled it um I i've never had that yeah i have been in the woods though where it gets dead quiet not even a bird i've, I've pointed it out to my wife when, and this is the area that you know we hike often and i'll be like babe you know do you notice like there's not even like one little tweety bird like making a noise, nothing. And she's like, yeah, that is weird. And that's not weird. That's when, that's when you should be looking around. It, it, <laughs> trust me, heads on a swivel. Cause I'm looking up, I'm looking down, I'm looking, you know, looking for track, you know, and, and Randy, when, when you tried to put this together, I, you know, I, I told you, I said, dude, I, Bigfoot has a, has a huge place in my heart. I've always been a believer and it was always part of um, Bigfoot communities on, on my, personal facebook account and you know that you know have friends a lot that uh you know research and you know do what they do in the bigfoot community and when i when i started the podcast you know i I, you know i wanted to have a lot of big you know people that had encounters on and then i was like no wes has that 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 down pat you don't need to be the next bigfoot guy (laughs) what you do but you can have people on that, that want to discuss it. And, you know, I, Jamie, I've had you on, you know, that this isn't my podcast. I, I will be releasing this on my, my feed, but, you know, so I technically, I guess you're, you came on twice, but, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, a good I show. W- yeah. I wish, J- I wish Jenny was here too, because, you know, I, I love how you guys tag team off each other when, when, when you're telling your stories and, and what you guys think. So, uh, but on that, Wait, you know, I've seen this. Like Jenny has, like Jenny is, she's gone on this really cool path herself too. Like she's now into like Reiki healing energy, and you know, like I, I, I'm planning on going to school for forest therapy. So we'll both have like this really cool energetic feeling in the forest when we're there. That's awesome. That's that's so amazing, man. That the uh, the roads we find ourselves led down by by these just strange happenings. You know, whether whether it be paranormal or or it be a Bigfoot encounter or um, even sleep paralysis has woke some people out of you know that that slumber of ignorance. Um, you know, when it gets bad enough, it becomes kind of a spiritual nuisance. 
and uh, you know, it forces you to to do some work. I, I would imagine. I've only had sleep paralysis a, a couple of times, and and it always went away right right upon praying. Usually, you know, <laughs> praying my head, and it would go away, and it was like, oh, okay, it's that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. So it's just it's awesome to to meet you, to have met you, and well, uh, yeah. I know that we'll be speaking again. Yeah, Jamie, uh, actually, when he he had you want to go on weird. Tell them about coming across this pentagram. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty far back in this in this area of Shenango. Like I know it really well. That's my goal is to micro study, know everything that's there. And I'm hiking, and it was like I, I want to say like um, maybe early October, but the, it was really super foggy. So I'm coming through this area that's very piney and um, ravines. And I get to this area and I look ahead of me and I notice this like structure on the ground. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And the closer I got to it, it was a pentagram. Like somebody had designed this pentagram out of um, tree branches. And then above it were these like twined, um, uh, they were like braided vines that were above it. And they were also in a pentagram. So it's a pentagram on the ground and a pentagram above the trees connected Mm -hmm. to the trees. And I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Like I I'm not into like that whole, I don't know. Pentagrams are not bad things, but I don't know the intent of the people that were there that made it. Right. And yeah. I, as I'm recording this. So I recorded a video of this um, pentagram. You did, it, you did it live. Yeah, I did it live. So it was a live. Watching it. <laughs> and then when I got home, my friends like go back to your live video and watch it. He said at a minute 23, there's a voice that tells you to get out or it said something. I can't remember. That's and I was nuts. like, are you kidding? So I went back and I listened and there really was this voice on the live feed. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, so like that time when, when you were recording on, on your recorder, uh, I meant to ask you this earlier um, and, and you were kind of calling out and you're like, repeat after me. Did you only hear that in the recording after, or did you, did you hear it in audible tone in first person? No, here's what I heard. Like I was there with um, my friend Scott and his daughter, Kendra. So Kendra's like maybe eight years old. Scott is 30 something. And we're standing at this ravine and I can, we could, we were hearing something walking towards us like bipedally, but on the recorder, I didn't hear it with my Nate, you know, with my ear, my, my HZ, my, what I can hear with my human hearing until I played back the recording and I know how the recorder works because uh, we Jenny and I were both uh, tour guides at two haunted locations, Mansfield prison in Ohio and haunted Hillview Manor. So we, we, we know how the paranormal works and I knew how the recorder works. So I knew that if I asked questions and I was doing it in such a way that I was wanting an intelligent response. So I'm not just getting random. Like when you watch ghost hunting shows you listen to the um, ghost hunters ask questions. And then they're like, I think it said this. I think it said blah, blah, blah. I recorded. So I would know that I would get an intelligent response and that hopefully the answer that I would get would be one that I know. And when it came across and it said the word Allegheny, I knew what I'm, what I'm communicating with that I can't see with my eyes and I can't hear with my ears was intelligent. So that's an intelligent quantum energy and like for me it's like super exciting to think like you could i hate these ghost hunting shows that they don't go a step further 
So for me, the step further would be you need to get some sort of scientist on board. And I, I could totally do that. I could get a scientist on board. And if you're looking for patterns and patterns are things that you can create, you know, with research. And if I started asking questions and you get intelligent responses, that's a pattern. So, you know, you're connecting something. I can't personally say that what I communicated with was Bigfoot. Maybe it was some natural spirit of the Alleghenies. Maybe it was a Native American. And then I also started thinking, maybe it's my own consciousness. Like maybe my brain was already knowing that answer and it came across. But I can say this. Sometimes when I did the recordings, I had no idea what answer would come across that recorder. And when it did, it kind of shocked me. And, and I have plenty of, I have tons of these recordings that I don't really share with people because it's my own personal information and I'm researching for myself. I'm not researching for other people, but if I do get one kind of scientist on board that would be willing to work with me, I would be like, this would be super cool because nobody is doing this. Nobody is going that step further. No. Yeah, definitely with you it on that. Make, it's, it doesn't make for good TV. Yeah, exactly. It's not that instantly gratifying uh, thing. And and the crazy thing is, is I'm I'm sure people have, you know what I mean, uh, looked into this and taken it that step further. But like at, at one point, do you get a knock on the door or your phone rings and you get, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but like you get an offer you can't refuse. Right. You know, you just you, you bite your tongue and, and you don't ever have to worry about paying the rent or, you know what I mean? For for most of us, that's knock, knock, enter Zach. I will say, I'll say this. <laughs> I, I'll say this. A, a production company contacted me and they were called Gurney Productions. And I was like, who are these people? So I had to Google it. Like, who is this Gurney Productions? They were the producers of Duck Dynasty. And they asked me if I would be willing to do a show. And I really thought about it. And then I thought, I like Duck Dynasty, but guess what? I don't really like the way Duck Dynasty is. And I said no to them. Then they contacted me again. And I said no again, because like the weird thing about me is I didn't want to change my life. I wanted to be able to do what I do. And I don't know why, but I said no two times to them well yeah maybe it's something you know I mean? yeah that's that takes some doing and and you know it's it's hard uh in the, in the world we live in in the systems that we're born into to to not find that uh that lead into ultimately a, a completely different lifestyle i mean let's be honest you know at a minimum you know you're you're spot on for for saying no i like my lifestyle the way it is and um i mean i can only imagine having people hovering about, even if it's only a couple hours a week, I, I still don't think that I would want that <laughs> for myself or for those living around me. So, you know, kudos to you there, uh, especially when it's not just you by yourself, right? I mean, you got to consider this is going to be a major inconvenience to my entire way of way of being. And that's how I always kind of saw the, a lot of those shows, you know, I'm like, the ones where it's, you know, filmed by a, a close friend of the individuals, say they're ghost hunting, things like this those genuinely seem to have better uh, connections, at least from what I see on some of these shows with the people that are close knit friends, or at least, you know, they put off that air. I don't know any of these people personally, but um, you know, there seems to be a better reaction from spirit and things when, when they're actually, their intent is noble. You know what I mean? Um, right. But when you're, you're going into it, like some of these other, ghost hunters and and your intentions are less than less than noble and it's about vanity and these things 
then you then you find these like created situations. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that arise. you know what and, and basically what you're saying there too is like I I realized this along the way. We're born creators, so we're creating everything in our life. We're creating every aspect of our life, whether we say yes or whether we say no. The way we react to things, and that—that's who I am. I'm not the person that's going to say yes just because it's about money or whatever. And personally, I—I I like to, I like to research on my own way, and I don't care. <laughs> like I really don't. Like I don't. I, I just want my own answers. And Randy, right, yeah. when I told you I was bringing a guest, I—I I, I failed to mention that I was bringing a very, very humbled heavy hitter. <laughs> right. <on>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love it. And it's, it's so amazing to meet, you know, fellow seekers like, like yourself, like ghost and for us all to have our, our own kind of, um, you know, methods of, of digging into information. Um, yeah. I could see it being a huge hindrance to have uh, you know, whether, whether it's just uh, to be quite honest, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cringing at the thought of putting sponsorship or anything in the future, just because I don't think that it would suit what I'm doing with my podcast, maybe on another one, start something different just for, just for the sponsors, if it ever hits that big, but I just, I don't like the idea of them becoming dependent on whatever income maybe that does bring. And then having this other aspect of control. Okay. Kind of, stop, man. I'm going to say this, say, I'm, I, I tell my friends, this, my friend, Carrie, is she used to, her and her husband are artists. So they go to the big Ohio Bigfoot conferences and stuff and they make money, but she's very passionate about making her money in her own way. And I said, Carrie, start doing your own events. You know, like if you are passionate and I see you're passionate about your podcast and Ghost is passionate about what his message, if you start following that direction and follow the universal flow, it'll all come the way you want it. It's begun, man. It's definitely begun. And, and you're it's actually so awesome talking to, to, you the, to the man that, what, two years ago said, start your own podcast. It's, it, I, I reached out to him. I'm like, dude, I need some more podcasts to listen to. And he's like, start your own. <laughs> like, right and i'm like i'm an introvert i, I don't like <clears throat> no i couldn't do that yeah it's it, it just I'm destroys at. barriers when oh man i'm so glad i started this thing and you know I, i've met so many different people with different perspectives and um not a one so far has been from like a, a you know dark oriented kind of you know hateful spiteful place which is awesome um you know i pray that it always is like that um I do appreciate the, the, the devil's advocate role though. You know what I mean? Uh, in, in other podcasters right. with a, a, you know, con contrasting point of view and things like this. I, I, I dig that. I think it's important. Um, but then there, there are those, those like spiteful creatures out there that just want to undermine. And here's the thing about spiteful creatures. So many of them live within myself, <laughs> you know, um, I, I really got to say like, that's been the biggest hurdle so far is, is the demons that I've been able to work through just by breaking down this barrier, having conversations with folks like you guys. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And well, I'm, I'm not so the same appreciative that I was when, when I first started, you know, when I first started, I was nervous, e even though Jamie was my friend, I was nervous trying to conduct an interview. Now I'm like sitting behind the microphone. It, it's comfortable. I love it and love meeting new people. Before I ever started a podcast, no, I don't want to meet new people. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk to people. You know what I mean? And and 
I, it never left my head. Jamie telling me just start your own. He said that to one other podcaster, he's made it pretty big and he's, he's got a good, really good thing going for him. And wait, uh, I'll say his name. I'll say uh, his name. It's my friend, Tony Merkel. And I told him to start the confessional and guess what the dude did. Like, I'm, that's amazing. That's amazing. I I love that. I love the, the going with the flow uh, mentality. It's only been very recently for me that I've been able to approach life with more or less a pure lens of love. I still have inflammatory reactions from time to time, but um, all in all, uh, just what, and see, this is, kind of tailing back into this, this is part of the gift that was my SETI experience, you know, mm. my, my interaction. No, so, I, hear that. You didn't, uh, I, I was just pretty much just like you stated, man, um, went out to a field one night with the intention of seeing these things, played the tonal frequencies and saw more, more, <laughs> more uh, intelligence in blinking lights than I ever thought blinking sustaining changing uh colors i mean I don't doubt you, you name it it was it was so mind-blowing i've you know i'll never forget that and uh one thing my conspiracy mind likes to tell me is well what if it's a bunch of starlink satellites projecting lights i said well if they can read my mind then kudos to them because they picked they got it spot on and if that's the case then maybe it's just a giant ai battle that we're dealing with good versus evil who knows right that much yeah. is beyond us but i do know that there was an element of intelligence and in contact definitely a high vibing kind of time and i had somebody with me that didn't believe or buy into anything i mean didn't buy into aliens you know maybe bigfoot bigfoot's kind of you know known out in the midwest you get out to wooded places people know about these things it's um kind of a no-brainer when you get far enough out close enough to the woods it's just a fact of life you know especially with the indians uh, the different tribes out here. That's uh, one of the big ones is the Meskwaki in in Iowa, and they have legends also. I mean, it's it's just all over the place. But um, that experience um, was just prior to me going on, even going on a podcast the first time. It was prior to that, but it just told me that I was on the right path and that there's a lot more to it. The one thing that I haven't been able to shake out of my head this recurring voice is there's more to it than meets the eye, and I'm running into this. And it doesn't matter how far I dig into something. This is a recurring kind of vibration that I get. And it's look, look deeper, look harder, dig deeper, you know, goes- reach out. And and the other thing is like in this world, we've, we've got to, um, for lack of a better phrase, use others as a sounding board and a mirror to reflect information and understanding back to us, you know? So that's why I feel perspectives are like super important and, it's it's not like an opinion, right? The perspective is something everybody genuinely has, no matter what their motivation behind having that perspective is, right? So it's valuable nonetheless. Um, and yeah, so I, dude, I appreciate you you sharing your perspective, and uh, you're so spot on with with so much. I love these um, kind of uh, reaffirmations that yeah, I've also good. been getting a lot of. <laughs> you know, I don't uh, meet like I, I honestly I don't meet other people that have um, used CSETI too many people. I mean, I have the app and everything, but the group that I work with, it's maybe like five of us, my wife, my friend Sparky, my friend June and Rick. But the things that have happened, I can't even like I can't my brain <laughs> kind of can't comprehend it at times yeah. to tell yeah. people what happens. But like just real quickly, and I want to see if you've had any of this happen. 
But those tones that you play out in a meadow, like we're sitting in a meadow at Shenango, overlooking the lake, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And we're all meditating, we're listening to those tones. And then we all stop and we're just sitting there quietly looking at the sky. And you see the stuff in the sky start moving. Like, and then we, 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 we make, we don't really say anything. Like, I don't want to say anything to my person next to me. Like, do you see that? Do you see that? We're right. all saying it at the same time. Yeah. Then, yeah. It, it's just a common moment when you turn and look at that person next to you and they, their eyes are like this big. And, and then, so you start, I started kind of messing with it. I said, all right, two, three, all right. Coincidence, satellites, whatever. All right, let's go. I said, all right, over here. How about over here now? And then yeah. over here, it, yes. it begins. And, and a couple more times, right? So having this person there with me um, that wasn't on the same vibratory wavelength, she was she was vibing pretty good that night. So she wasn't contributing to pulling away my energy per se. But um, I feel very blessed that it happened to me while I was pretty much the only one focused on making it kind of happen. From what yeah. I understand, it's it's a lot. It's not always a surefire thing unless you have like like-minded yeah, high energy, vi like high vibrations. But this is after the point where this, um, this meditation in the field this night was on the tail end of like a week long of bouts of meditation. Yes, Some was singing good. bowl sounds and chanting a lot of chanting. That one seems okay. to really, really do uh, some major, oh man, major things happen when you get into chanting. I'm still learning specifics on on what i would like to chant because it was such a powerful experience the last time that i that i chanted that i haven't in a few months <laughs> just because it was yeah. it was that wild you know it's too much information in in such a short period of time i'm still trying to to kind of churn through it um uh, wait can i ask you one question yeah have you like my wife and i and it's multiple multiple times we've done this sea seti out at, in the meadow and then we've come home. Let's say it's four o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, we're in bed. And in my house, I start hearing those tones. And I was like, this is so messed up. Like, I don't want to wake my wife. Up. Yeah, it, it, it happens with singing bowls, too. It happens with meditation. Also, um, it's it's when. Oh, man. Uh, when you just you get into that vibratory state and, and when you're recalling that you're technically you're playing it back in, in your mind's eye, right? You're, you're reliving that experience. So if you were like experiencing those tones that deeply that you were projecting and possibly causing the things in the sky to happen, which, which, you know, you know, may very well be, I think that we're undersold as creators in this world to, you know, yes, to us, yeah. it's undersold to us big time. Um, I I'm in a, in a spot in my life where I haven't decided what I want next because everything I've decided I wanted recently has, has happened and it's happened in, for me in grand fashion, it's very simple things that I want and have now in my life. Um, but it, it came from on the back of these experiences. And this is why I, you know, I feel so ardently to, to reach out to folks. And, and I'm so glad that I've met you because I've never met anybody that has had a functional experience and, and couldn't be like, oh, well, you know, I was just hanging out with a bunch of dudes in the woods smoking pot and we saw UFOs. You know, that has happened to me when I was younger a lot. Like 
we, me and buddies would get together and do shrooms in the woods and always weird shit in the sky would happen. Yeah. And it was almost always before we ever even took the shrooms. And that was always the weirdest part was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's those? <laughs> Did we eat those art? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, uh, having those experiences when you're a kid and only seeing the X-Files to explain it and things like this, um, it seems like that automatically hits your mind into a negative, like fear porn way of thinking. And I think that has a lot to do with why people don't have sustained contact events is, is because they subconsciously have these thoughts that these aliens or these, whatever these lights are, right. Has like an e evil overtone to it. So they start vibing lower subconsciously, not even realizing it. And then before they can ask their friend, Hey, did you see that? It's already over. You know, I, I think that that might have some role to play in there, but those tonal sounds, I, I I'm blown away by the fact that you said that, because there, there was one night when it was after this like day long meditation and chanting that it was about three in the morning, uh, crazily enough. And this, this tone came through and it was just the most beautiful sound I'd ever heard in my life. Like I was crying. I was just beside myself in, in joy. And, and, you know, this wasn't due to being on anything. This is after I, I reached sobriety and, uh, at that time, I wasn't even using like, you know, THC vape pens or anything um, because I was having such profound experiences meditating that I stopped doing everything else because I was like, there's surely there's an explanation, you know, surely if I stop smoking pot uh, or whatever, then I can, I can, I'll stop having these experiences that just, it didn't work that way. You know, it continued to, and then, so this beautiful sound, like I said, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, I've had situations where I feel that like my grandmother who recently passed has come through um, and and given me messages to to give to my mom. And my mom looks at me like I'm crazy, but I felt like it was important for me to say whatever it was that my grandmother was trying. Because every now and again, very clearly, I will, will get a certain certain vibration, certain maybe person, right? Or oversoul or whatever. It yeah. gets weird real fast when you go outside of the box, right? <laughs> when you get outside well, I mean, like, of this you, 3D. You've touched, you've touched on a whole bunch of things that like my mind is racing. But if you start, like you talked about um, the limitation, like maybe as humans, we put all these limitations on ourselves, these limitations of like what we can see, what we can hear, what we can taste. What if we decided to throw all that out the window? And you're almost, you almost become slightly like superhero in a way, if you don't give yourselves those limits, you know, think of yourself as a beam of light and this light is just who you are. Yeah. Your flame. You yeah. Your soul flame. Yeah. yeah. I, when I first started meditating, man, uh, I, I, uh, had that song, this little light of mine stuck in my head and, and something in my mind just told me to imagine my flame getting brighter and, and hotter and brighter and hotter. And so that's what I started doing. And it was just after that, that I had my first, we'll call it external insight, right? <laughs> or, or a flash of something that was an answer to a question that I had asked of, of the universe. And, and uh, I've said it on a few other episodes, but it had to do with uh, what I was shown was basically like a soap bubble. I, you know, what is the nature of the universe of, of where we are was essentially the question. And I saw was shown a soap bubble, but I was also shown this bubble kind of peeling back and breaking in slow motion, you That's know? Cool. Um, so, so I was like, okay, so we're at, at some point we're, we're on this film of existence that that's like a Bible or like a bubble. Right. But um, it wasn't until 
probably about four months before the the SETI experience that I had out in the field um, that I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast and uh, Robert Bigelow was on there and he's like telling him, oh, there's about to be a paradigm shift in in the way that people view the universe, right? Or, or the, the world around them. And uh, he goes, yeah, well, what, what does that mean? What, is, what does the universe look like? And he goes, bubbles on bubbles. And so my mind just no. exploded right there. I was like, okay, so that experience those years ago when I first started trying to get clean was really something. All right, so I, I gave it some credence now, right? And so that's when I started meditating and looking into these different modalities. And singing bowls and tones are, are very, very potent things. Um, I think that it maybe is a dangerous thing that they're being promoted so heavily without really anybody out there to say, hey, this is the way you should use this. You know, I'm not saying anybody's necessarily a master in this. Um, but uh, like, I don't know about the prayers that are etched in some of these bowls, so many other things, right, that would maybe not mean the same thing to me as somebody of that nationality and so on. So there's a lot of avenues about these tonal modalities that I'm kind of leery of. And I don't know anymore that it's for good reason. I'm probably just being overly cautious because it was such a profound experience that I had. Um, and I don't know, maybe you have to be in the right state of mind to want to have that experience. And I'm still kind of riding the, <laughs> the way from that last yeah, time, I think, I think six months later, you know what I mean? So <laughs> you're doing it all right. Like everything you're doing, I feel like it's right. And I'm not, I'm not to me, what you're doing sounds right. Even if, even if a bowl has inscriptions on it, whatever your intention is in your own mind and your own heart, I feel like whatever you're making that noise, that's the frequency that you're putting out. But like you kept talking, like you're talking about the bubbles and you know what that reminds me of? Like my wife and I went to this um, Jewish synagogue and it had the, one of the first women's um, rabbis. And she talked about how when we, when we meet God or whatever, we, we, uh, we're going to all meet as a ball of light at Mount Sinai. So it kind of reminds me of that. And it also reminds me of orbs, you know, like the orbs. Well, you know what their, their suggestions about what stars really are um, is orbs of light in a bubble in, in the waters above and this vibration or its frequency is what's lighting it up. And so my, my going theory, and this is a little out there for, for Bigfoot topic is these these lights in the sky, these stars are keys to show us vibrational frequencies of other A realms or, or B entities or light beings, angels, uh, our loved ones. That's why there's infinite stars in the sky for the most part for maybe every soul that leaves becomes a part of that and is watching until the end time. There's, there's all, all kinds of possibilities, right? You know, the, yeah. you look at Lord of the Rings, you have the timeless halls. This is where you know, when the F and elf does die, that's where they go. People always go there. That's part yeah. of what's the jealousy is about with evil, right? Is the fact that we live short lives, but then we get to go meet our maker in between each time. Apparently right. that's not the case for some of these immortal beings. So, you know, uh, it's something that we're always trying to outdo, you know, death. Uh, personally, I've come into a place where I'm not afraid of death anymore. It's just, um, uh, as soon as I stopped being afraid of death and afraid of pretty much everything in this mortal world about the same time, you know, um, they're just after you're, you're searching for knowledge for a bit, you start to realize that the fear is the only thing holding you back from gaining all of these 
nuggets of information, these conversations like we're having right now, right? Like all that was stopping this influx of just beautiful information into my cortex here, you know, (laughs) because that's what we're here for. We're, We're here to have the experience to contribute to Akasha, right? To to build on the universe so that there are more avenues of creation. It's all about this flowering of creation. It's a beautiful thing. Key key word. Yeah. That's we're born creators. Like I I've read this book called tuning in. It's about these people that trans channel. So they're, they're trans channelers, but they're trans channeling like these higher energies. Right. Right. Some might say Pleiadians or, you know, uh, folks from Agartha or, or inner earth. I think that these concepts are just a different vibratory bubble. You know, yes. so we have octaves and music scale down mm-hmm. and you have another set. So I think it's like that in the density of, of the realms and so on and so forth. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when I can have a published study in my hands saying that that's the case to show people. But I'm relatively certain that, you know, maybe in the coming decades, it will be disclosed that, yes, very much um, vibration, sound is light, you know, there's so much more to this realm. And hopefully all of these, uh, I hate to call them out, but anti-creation or anti-God, uh, I think there's a difference though between anti-God and anti-creation, first of all. Um, and and I think the most damage is done by the anti-creationists, right? Like this is just a random accident that we're here. Um, we're just spinning on a space ball flying through the cosmos and there's no rhyme or reason. But then those are the same people that coined dark matter. And instead of explaining consciousness as the as the void, you know what I mean, so to speak. So it gets it gets down a whole nother rabbit hole there. But yeah, where where these profound experiences have led uh, myself and it sounds like you are are just amazing. There is so much more that I can talk about, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm really, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's, Certainly. It's kind of I, I will, I will be getting with you again and we can uh, jaw about all of the different modalities and the fun stuff there. Cause uh, like I said, I haven't run into too many people that have experience with, with these different, these different things that can happen. So, so there's not really anybody to go and say, Hey, I have this situation uh, because most people go, you're, you're out of your mind. Maybe you should lay off, you know, the sauce or whatever it is you're doing. That's generally coming from, you know, myself, a past addict. That's the reaction that I get. I, I draw that reaction probably all the time from all people because I'm a little bit out there. So, um, well, here's the thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I understand. I understand addicts. I've never been an addict myself but I can sympathize with the struggles that you've gone through and that maybe the, um, what you have to live through now, like people judge you or whatever. I don't judge people. So that, that's kind of cool that like, I don't really drink. I don't do drugs, but I've had these experiences too. So yeah, I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> Spot on, man. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it just goes to show that, that you, you never know, like the, the guy next to you who, who seems really, you know, off-putting or, or stuffy. Maybe he's had an experience that he's not f- processing properly too. You know, um, I, I think uh, that that happens when it comes to these supernatural kind of, uh, in an essence, very spiritual things that, that we're just not supposed to know about as far as our, our control systems are concerned. You know, we're not supposed to consider that there's an ethereal ape man in the forest, you know? <laughs> so, right, right. And so most people laugh it off all the while, like we were saying, Terry and the Hendersons is on training us all to warm up to the concept enough. So where we'll buy beef jerky later in life. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, once you. again, very awesome. Very awesome. And uh, all right. That's been another Red, Th- Red well, Thread podcast. And Ghost has got something to say. Yeah. I okay. Do. Break it down for you. Well, all, all right. I want to do is, Jamie, let, let people know where they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. Uh, especially Randy. That way he can contact you to hook up for another episode uh, on his podcast because you guys have a lot to share. And uh, I'll plug my stuff for for your listeners, Randy, and then you can plug your stuff for, for my listeners. Beautiful. All right. So mainly I, I document my Bigfoot research on Instagram and it's, it's, it's nobody ever finds me because it's so stupid. It's my, my name, J A M I and then underscore Jenny J E N N Y, but it's Penn Ohio Bigfoot field research, blah, blah, blah. Nobody, no, nobody can find me, which I like it that way. And then the <laughs> other thing is like, <laughs> the other thing is like, just, I guess, Facebook J A M I K I N G. Or my wife too. If you, my wife ever uh, talks with you, she's very, very cool, and she has slightly just a different perspective than me. But she, like, if we feed off each other pretty well. That's awesome, man. I, I look forward to Opposite it. to detract, and and I'll, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing. I, I I was actually looking forward to Jenny coming on, and <laughs> I, I was I was a little disappointed because I love how you guys bounce your energy off each other. You know what I mean? And she's cool. Yeah. You guys got a good thing going and yeah, please tell her I said, hi. And I send, send my love your guys's way. Um, okay. Th- thank you. I'm ghost. I have my third eye podcast. You can find me on Instagram at uh, my third eye podcast, telegram t.me forward slash my third eye pod. Um, my third eye pod at gmail.com and go to YouTube. I have, uh, I put up certain, uh, episodes. I have lines of destiny. I have, uh, an interview with uh gary wayne up there um uh, my third eye podcast so uh yeah get a hold of me and like anything else if you find us on apple itunes give us a five-star rating and review i mean come on guys it's not hard it takes two seconds like two <laughs> like you can just hit five stars and say hey <laughs> you know what i mean okay <laughs> so but uh, Jamie, thank you again um, for being my guest. Uh, like like I told you, I was told uh, you're, pretty hey, easy. Let, you're let, easy to talk to. Yeah, let, let's bring a guest. I'm like, fuck, I already got mine booked. And that was even <laughs> before I even reached out to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was like, I, cool. I know who I'm bringing. You know what I mean? Nice. And uh, yeah, so Randy. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I'm going to try to get, uh, get a hold of uh, one or two people that have had kind of a combined kind of, uh, you know, ET slash, you you know, UFO slash Bigfoot kind of thing. I'd love to find somebody uh, that has had that experience. So if you're out there, uh, just get a hold of Ghost, uh, where he just stated, or you can get a hold of myself. I am Randy of uh, Red Thread Podcast. And uh, let's see, on Instagram at randomfracts or just randomfracts at Gmail. Uh, but yeah, so just go go take a look, look us up almost i'm only almost everywhere podcasts are distributed but ghost is everywhere podcasts are distributed so I try <laughs> yeah he got over the apple hump yeah I did. Uh, then yeah, i became so, a whore with talk at the tavern <laughs> I created a monster <laughs> oh man that's a good time too on friday nice. nights yeah we get together on friday nights and and shoot the breeze and it it goes all over the place 
uh, generally all yeah. over the place. I, I can't even begin to explain some of the conversations that we've had on there. Um, so Jamie, do you work on Saturdays? Uh, this Saturday, I'm going to Hawking Hills. I'm doing a Bigfoot expedition. Oh, you! But I do sometimes. <laughs> I um, do. One one of these times, you're going to have to come on and talk at the tavern. It's just a huge round table. Of... It's the tavern. Do they drink? Oh, yeah. There's people that drink. There's people that smoke. There's people that do okay. shows. There's people okay. that are sober. <laughs> there's people that bounce in and out. I can have one or two beers, and that's about it. <laughs> right pull, on. Out, pull out a nice James. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Well, right on, gentlemen. Thank you again so much uh, for everything. It's been a wonderful, wonderful midweek evening. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.